Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to season three of Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast with me, Caroline Foran. I hope you're enjoying the series so far. This shorter season three is really tailored around helping you cope and get through the pandemic. Um, obviously, the content that I'm talking about now will still be relevant long after we're over this. And I think any kind of anything you can learn about anxiety now will always stand to you. So it's never, even though it's kind of time sensitive right now, where it's relative to what we're going through, it's never a waste of time. For this episode, I am actually joined by a guest. I know I said I wouldn't be until season four, but this one felt like important to share now. And it's talking about financial anxiety. Um, It's something I've never discussed before, but it is something that's become particularly relevant now. It's an anxiety that I've been feeling with the pandemic, with income having been wiped and, you know, for the foreseeable future and, and the unknown of what's happening there. So I for this episode, I'm chatting with Owen McGee, who's a financial expert here in Ireland, and he has just brought out a book called How to Be Good with Money. And he's got very approachable, practical, easily digestible content to share around how we can pull the reins in on any kind of financial anxiety that we're going through. So I hope you find it helpful. As always, really appreciate your feedback. Really appreciate any support via my Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Caroline Foran. Thank you so much and see you next week. Owen McGee, thank you so much for joining me on Owning It, the Anxiety Podcast. Um, I'm I'm delighted to have had the time with you. Obviously, in better circumstances, we, we'd be in person, but we are still in the lockdown. So unfortunately, we are over Zoom for now. Tell me a little bit, a bit about your background to begin with. So we're going to talk today about financial anxiety, which is something I've never really touched on before in the series, but I think it's very important. But before we get into the nuts and bolts of it, can you just tell me a little bit about what you do and what's brought you to this point where you have this book coming out? Yeah, so I've been involved in a couple of bits and pieces, but if you could jump right back to the start, what happened to me was my father was very unwell as a child. When I was a child, he had a, just very unwell. He had a bad heart. 
and he had a quadruple bypass at 40 years of age, 40 years of age. He had a wow. three stents put in at 46 and then at 48, he had a quintuple bypass, which was five of them. And um, he, he sat back at that stage and said to the doctor, I'm 48 years of age. I've had three major heart incidences in the last six years, eight years. What is it? Why, why is this happening? And the doctor said, it's two things. It's hereditary and it's stress. And you can do nothing about your genes, but what's the biggest stress in your life? And my dad said, I kind of thought about it and said, probably work. And the doctor said, could you afford to give up work? Now, as it turned out, my dad, it took him two years to get his head around it, but he did sit back and he looked at it and he had taken out what was called an income protection policy. We still have them today, but basically it meant he was able to give up work at 50 years of age. He had his wage paid to him, 75% of his wages paid to him until either he retired or he went back to work. Now, in his case, it was until he retired. My dad is still alive today. He, was, he had his first um, bypass in 1982. He's apparently the, it, we guess that he is the um, longest open heart surgery survivor in Ireland, according to St. James Hospital staff. And I believe if it wasn't for good financial planning, he wouldn't be alive today. I'm not saying, he, I, he gave up work when I was 10. I didn't sit back at 10 years of age and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sell income protection for the rest of my life. But when I came out of college, I went into one of the big life companies here. And I fairly quickly realized that financial services had a huge part to play in my dad being alive and being around for my childhood. And actually, to my, I was 40 last month. And I, I sat back and I said, you know what, this is what I want to do. I want to help people and individuals make the most of the money that they have and really give them the advice that they need to make sure the financial services can do the same for families as financial services did for my family. But then I wanted to take it a step further. It wasn't just protecting about things go wrong, and that's a part of what we do. But more importantly for me, it's about people using their money to support the life that they want to have. Sometimes people have lots of money and they don't enjoy it. And the reason why they don't enjoy it is because they're worried about the future. And worrying about the future can, can really rob you of today. So good financial planning, what it does is it maps out your financial future, shows you exactly where you're going so that you know the future is looked after and you can really enjoy today and your money can support the life you want to have. And that's on one end of it. And that's my private practice. And that's what I do in private practice. The media stuff all came about because I felt I can only hit so many people with my private practice. And there are certain type of people that we deal with. We, we tend to deal with higher net worth individuals. So what the media does is it gives me a platform to try and spread that a bit further and wider and help more people. And the media has been great. I've got two, two TV shows of my own under my belt. We've got two seasons done called How to Be Good With Money. We've got, I did two series with Brendan Courtney's um, This Crowded House. Been doing lots of TV, do regular slots on News Talk and RTE, um, radio, regular in newspapers and then we've now come to the book and the book was launched we had two days on the shelves before the shelves were closed oh i'm so sorry it's just an absolute nightmare it is but you know what in those two days we made managed to get to number two in the category oh. and we were very happy with that and the the online shops have all opened up again this week yeah. so that's great and hopefully that means it makes a big difference but yeah. you know what Instagram in particular has been really good throughout this. People are coming at me with questions. I love getting the questions. You put the Q and A's up here. You feel like you're really, you know what? There's doctors out there that can play their part. Does you doing what you're doing and helping people in the way you're doing it. And my only way of helping people in this situation is through my financial knowledge and helping it out that way. And if it takes away some burden or some problem or some worry that people have, isn't that great? And yeah. Instagram seems just, and I wasn't really an Instagrammer. I was more of a Twitterer. 
And okay. Instagram just seems to have taken off in the last, for me anyway, it's taken off in the last six or eight weeks. And it's a great platform for getting back and forth with questions and answers. Well, I find Instagram a much nicer place than Twitter in general. Um, but yeah, so the book is called How to Be Good with Money, which is the same name as uh, your slots and some of your shows. And as as crappy as it is to have a book come out in the midst of a pandemic when the, the, the bookshops have been closed, I do think it's an incredible time right now for that kind of content because I think more than ever, I mean, financial anxiety is something I have been confronted with in the last few weeks. Um, and it's more relevant now than ever. So it's a great time for people maybe who are, have slowed down a little bit to take a step back and think about how they're spending. And not just, like you say, you don't just want to be putting out fires for people, but helping people live well financially as well. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The financial anxiety that's there at the moment, there are some people out there whose finances, they're actually in a better place right now. Their job is not affected. Maybe you work in pharma or you work in like one of the big pharmaceuticals, or you're working in, I don't know, a Zoom or a Google Hangouts or a Microsoft Teams or something where everybody has started using them. Yeah. And what, what's interesting about it is that some people, their finances are much better because they're still on the same wage. They've no concerns about job security and their expenditure has dropped dramatically. They can't spend money right now. Mm. And that's, that's one thing. And they, they can take big advantage of that and we can help them with that stuff. But I'm more concerned about the people whose wages have dropped dramatically or they've lost their job. They are the people who really, really struggle. And the reason why you really struggle, if you think about it, if you've lost your job and you've been in the same job for some time and you're looking at your boss and you're saying, I totally understand why I'm losing my job. I get it. Like the, this, the, the doors are shut and there's no business coming in. And I understand why I'm losing my job. It still doesn't help that you walk home, you sit in your couch and you feel like you've lost control. You've lost control of your financial future. Some of your purpose and meaning in life has just been whipped out from under you. And you sit back and you say, okay, this is really, really crap and it's awful. But one of the things you can do from a financial perspective and very quickly do from a financial perspective is to take the control back. The yeah. control of your finances feels like it's been taken away from you and you can take that control back. And the way to take that control back is in a very simple way, open up your, your app, have a look at how much money you have in your bank account right now and just decide when are you getting paid next and give every single euro in your bank account a job. Like okay. 25 euros for groceries, 25 euros for diesel, whatever it is. Give every single euro you have a job and all of a sudden you now have financial clarity until the next time you have money coming in. You have taken total control over the money that you have. You've taken the power back because you feel like the power has been taken away from you. And it's a really empowering, positive thing to do. Mm. And not only that, when life happens in the next few days or next few weeks until you get paid again, you're not just looking at it and saying, oh, like for example, I have 100 euro in my bank account. You don't, you have four things covered from your bank account. It's the groceries, the diesel, the whatever else it is, the clothes that you have to buy or whatever else it is. And when something goes wrong, you decide which pot to take it out of, as opposed to taking it out of this random hundred euro. And again, okay. it makes you empowered and controlled. So if you are one of those people who's really, who's lost their job and is really struggling and really finding it difficult on all fronts, do that little task for yourself. Take out your app, look how much is in your bank, write it down on a piece of paper. A piece of paper is always the way to do it, by the way, because there's something that happens. I don't know the psychology yeah. that happens between pen and paper. But write it down and you will feel much more controlled over it. And yeah. that will actually have long-term impact on your finances when this gets better. And this will get better, by the way. This isn't forever. So it's about controlling what you can control right now and nothing else. 
And I suppose it's relevant, you know, outside of the pandemic, people might be facing financial anxiety for, for many different reasons. And I think you hit the nail on the head there about the feeling of the loss of control and the not knowing, you know, the, what, what what's going to happen in the future and not being able to, if you feel like you personally cannot meet um the demands of the stresses that are coming at you with the resources that you have all of those things are very natural drivers of anxiety and with with money it becomes an even more tangible worry it's not just like a thought pattern that's not helping you you actually need money to do certain things so you know in your experience how common is it that people people's anxiety would come from from money sorry the research will always show you that it's one of the biggest stresses like it's mm. it's by far money is the thing that keeps people awake at night thankfully well it's all disappeared now but thankfully that's why i do a lot of corporate speaking because yeah. hr departments and decent decent companies recognize the fact that financial wellness is a huge element it, and let's face it like companies do that because yes they care about their employees but they also know that an employee without financial worries is more productive and they will concentrate on more on their job. So there's, this is where we really get the good research. The good research comes from companies realizing that they're losing money and how do we address it? And they recognized that financial worries and financial stress are one of the biggest stressors that people have. The next one is usually relationships and relationships in most surveys will come second. Money is the biggest stressor and sometimes the money is being blamed for the relationship issues. So what I would say is, is that don't ever feel like, in Ireland I always wonder, I think sometimes we'd be all better off living in the States and I'm, I'm, I'm going with just kind of the stereotypical here, right? In the States, they'll talk about, I did really well on this deal and I made loads of money out of it and they get a pat on the back or I really messed that one up and I lost a fortune and they say, oh, this is how you can do better the next time. In Ireland, we say nothing to anybody. In fact, I'd say nearly almost in Europe, you say nothing to anybody to, about your finances. You don't tell them if you're doing really well. You don't think, tell them if things are going really badly and that just adds to the stress. One of the nice things about COVID right now, if there is a nice thing about it, one of the nice things is we're all in this together. Yeah. Like everybody feels the same. It like, it's like a community. I was I, like the bits that you do get to go outside. I was standing outside a chemist the other day queuing and the chemist, the, the, the security guard said, sorry, let the fellow in front of me in and said to me, sorry, we're closed. And the guy who had just gone through the door turned around and says, can I get you something? And I said, I have no cash on me. And he says, no, I got it for you. What do you want? And he, I waited outside and he came back out to me. The security guard wasn't letting me in. And he came back out to me, handed it to me. And I said, look, have you got like a Revolut or an N26 or some way I can pay you the money? And he goes, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Now I did get his PayPal and I sent him the money, but it was only a tenner. But, I, but you know, it just, it just felt like we were all in this together. And it's just a small example of when you're all in it together, it feels good. If you do well financially in the States or you do badly financially, it feels like you're in it together and everyone will talk about it. On this side of the water, we don't tend to talk about it the same way. And we could do so much more by talking about it. And it's an easy time at the moment to talk about it because we're all in it together. And I suppose it, the shame element is kind of removed because we're all in, in it together, because it's it's such a big issue facing, you know, so many people. In, I have a lot of listeners in the UK as well. It's not like a, it's not your fault that you're financially struggling right now. It's the it's it's the conditions of the world we live in right now. And, and that's it. And there's so much outside your control. Yeah. And there's a lot of people very, very worried about this time is different and it'll never be the same again. I've been advising private clients for more than 20 years and I could not possibly count on two hands the amount of time. Like I'd need 30, hand, 30 fingers <laughs> to count the amount of times that I've heard that this time is different. 
And I'm talking about from a financial perspective. This time is different. Let's take the, huma- the, the humanity out, but I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. But what I would say is, is just, I know people are dying as a result of COVID. I know all that, and I'm not being unsensitive to that. But let's just look at it from an economic point of view for a minute. People are very worried that this time is different, that everything's changed, and we'll never get back to where we were. I can give you all the stats in the world to prove that that's actually not the case, that we have been here before. In fact, every three to five years, we have a major temporary decline or stock market crash like this. We don't know what the cause of it's going to be, but it does happen every three to five years. This this time it's Corona. The last big one we had was the financial crisis in 2008. Before that, the last worst one was back in the 30s, 1930s, that is. So 2008, we've had one every three to five years, but the big, big one is like 2008, and then you have to go all the way back to the 1930s. This one is probably going to be, or looks like set up to be just as bad as 2008 was. The big difference here is, the problem in 2008 was banks didn't trust other banks. So there was no trust between them. And the trust had to be rebuilt over time. And it took a long time and a lot of government intervention to rebuild that trust to get the economy going again. This time, in an inhumane way, I accept that I'm being very inhumane, but this time, it's a medical crisis. There will be a medical solution. We will get a vaccine at some stage, and this problem will be fixed. And the thing about it is, is from a macro, big money, big business point of view, once the vaccine is identified, it doesn't actually matter to the stock markets when it's going to be available to everybody. It just means all they need to know is that it's there and it's going to be available next March or next August or whenever it is. And once they do that, the macro stuff will fix really, really quickly because money will flow because the trust is still there. Okay, so it's not as deep, it's not as deeply ingrained then with the bigger kind of macro. It's not as deeply ingrained, but the important thing here, Caroline, is where the recovery might be hampered is on the micro level. It's okay. the UI. It's how we feel coming out of this. And they've done the same in the UK as, as Ireland. The Irish government and the UK government have done the same thing. That's why the things like where the government are stepping in to pay people's wages. Keep, they're telling employers, keep them on the books. Pay their wages. Because think about what happens to you psychologically when you lose your job. As I said already, you lose your meaning and purpose. Some of your meaning and purpose in life, hopefully not all of us, but some of your meaning and purpose in life comes from your job. You lose financial power and control. And what governments in Ireland and the UK have already said is, hold on a second, let's keep people, keep people in their jobs because if they stay in their jobs, when this is all over, they'll feel much stronger financially because they weathered the storm and they'll be much quicker to go out to restaurants and go to hotels and start spending money again. That's where the micro economy, the individual, you and I, are actually have much more control over whether this gets fixed quick or slow. The macro will fix itself very quickly once the vaccine is available. And I'm not a medical person, so I don't know when the vaccine, there's talks of August and September, there's talks of March, there's talks of 18 months, who knows? Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that the stock market just wants to know there's a result and when it's going to be available to everybody. They don't need it in everybody right now. So they'll be okay with you and I and how we weather this storm. And that's very much down to how we feel mentally coming out of all this. And that's going to be very important. Yeah, so all we can really focus on right now is what we can control, which is our own situation, our own spending. I want to just talk you through, um, like just a bit about where I'm at with financial anxiety this year. Um, so I, I'm definitely a candidate for your book and I can't wait to get my hands on it. But in the past, and my husband would always say this, I, I clam up when conversations about money get brought up. I just, 
always feel like I don't want to know because I've never been I've never really struggled with it but I've never been good at it I you know it could be a lot better and this year I'm I'm due a baby in August my first baby and I work for myself and I have been for the last um like four or five years and you know working for yourself I'm sure you know what it's like it's it takes a long time to build up momentum and to have regular money coming in and I feel like before this all hit I was in such a good I was in such good shape that I knew there was things coming along that I was thinking okay I've got I've set myself up so well now that I can afford to take a little bit of time off when the baby comes without panicking about finances and without panicking about having to you know get back out there and start pitching and putting myself forward for things and and I I very much in my head mentally was like I'm going to I'm not probably going to earn much money for the latter half of the year and that's okay because I'm I've had a new baby and of course I get the state um the state maternity pay as well and then this all happened and all of my I mean and this I'm not saying this is not a poor me story I know everyone has been affected in so many different ways but all of the stuff like I'd say 95% of the income that I knew was coming in between now and when I have a baby was just instantly wiped and I just felt instantly like that loss of control and that and, and, and also not even just um like not even just the actual practicalities of how we pay our bills but like you say like that that sense of self and that sense of purpose and that sense of like achievement having been lost as well which I think is really something that we shouldn't underestimate for people as well it's not just about paying the bills it's about feeling like we do attach a lot of value to our our income and how much money we're making I think and I think that's okay as well so so that's kind of been my situation and now I'm looking at the pennies if there are any pennies coming in I had signed on for the government relief and I've been very lucky to qualify for that um and I it's really time now that I start like I use this opportunity to look ahead and think especially with as a freelancer with cash flow it's never a case of it coming in every single month you know so now is the time for me to kind of get my shit together so would you say like would I be quite common in my approach to money I definitely I definitely like just sort of feel like I have loads of money when I get paid something and then it's gone (laughs) Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Yeah, and what I would say to you, Caroline, is is that what you're describing there about being kind of clamming up and not really facing it head on when it comes to money, I'm going to be honest with you, that's not your fault. Okay. That's just, it's just never been taught to you in a way that you were comfortable with or you understood or both. And that's what that comes down to. And it does come down to just finding the information in a way that you can absorb us, understand us and move on. Like, then apply it to yourself. That's the important thing. So first of all, I would say, when you do find a way of absorbing information that's important to you, you'll then start to be good with money. And I know that's a, I know that's a cliche. I know it's the thing to book out to be good with money. But if you look at the people who I work with, so for, for your UK um, listeners, I have a TV show called How to Be Good with Money. And we take an individual or a couple once a week. And we basically, some of them would have, let's say, a difficult relationship with money. Some of them are well advanced and they've plenty of money and it's just about the long-term future. But some of the people that I work with are day-to-day stuff. And most of them, it's not an unusual comment for people to come to me at the end of the series or end of the show when their episode goes out and saying, look at the difference between me at the start and the finish. And it's, it, for them, they have totally changed the way they have engaged with money. And that's just because, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm bigging myself up here, but that's just because I found a way to communicate with them in, with, in a way in which that they understand. But more importantly, they were able to apply for themselves. My job is not to hold their hands for the rest of their life. My job is to work with them over a short period of time, get them on top of it to a point where they can look after it for themselves. And you just need to find the person that can do that for you or the book or the material or the blog post or whatever it is that helps you to do that, to, to, to learn how to do it. When it comes to managing your money, you have, you're lucky that you've got the wage subsidy scheme coming in now. You yeah. will have that. Coming. What you need to do is just control what you can control. Like, I don't think you need to rob from the time that you're going to have with your baby. Mm-hmm. Um, when the baby is born, you shouldn't, if you can apply any type of, savings or budgets the other thing to realize is you're spending less we're all spending less right now it's forced on us so really think about okay i'm surviving on x life is going on at the moment a lot of the stuff we're not spending right now is being forced on us on us but because it's being forced on us we're realizing that there's certain stuff we're just not missing true what you need to look at is to say you need to sit back and everyone needs to do this at this time and say what are the things i'm actually really missing what are the things that I'm really looking forward to when the world goes back to normal? And identify what those things are and make sure you bring them back into your life. But more importantly, you need to sit back right now and say, what are the things I'm not missing? What are the things I used to spend money on all the time and I'm not missing them at all? And what you might find, Caroline, is, is that when you used to need X amount of money per week to get through your week or per month to get through your month, now you might, when you cut out the stuff, that, the crap that you were spending money on that you just didn't need, that wasn't, it's not that you didn't need it, it's that it wasn't any adding any value to your life. And it wasn't doing anything for you mentally, physically, emotionally, it was doing nothing for you. When you strip that stuff out, you might find that you need a lot less on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis to get through the whole couple, first couple of weeks and months after the baby is born. You are going to be in your kind of own self-alike, the self-isolation. I know. <laughs> so what, what you really need to identify, like the, the important things are that, I don't know if it's a, you know, you see them on Instagram, if it's a date night at home in the kitchen or whatever it is, they're the important things and you buy the good food in the shop that, for that meal and you make it special and different. And that will be the differences and changes that people, and people realize. I think that's a really good, you see a lot of that on Instagram, date night tonight, and you see pictures of them getting dressed up really nice and setting the table really well and doing all of that stuff. What people realize there is, is they used to think that they loved going to restaurants. 
And what they're realizing now is, is, yeah, they love going to restaurants, but the important thing about it was is that we both sat across the table from each other without distraction and spoke to each other. And that was what was really, really important to us. So we can actually get most of that experience at home. Yeah, we have to do the washing up, but we can do that at home and we're getting most of what it was that was important to us. But it's at half the cost. And I'm not, believe me, I'm not about pinching money. That's not what it's about. As I said at the very start, it's about using the money to support the life you want to have. The most important thing for you post having the baby, after having the baby, is going to be to spend quality time with that baby. And you don't want to be worried about money. So you have a real kind of trial run at the moment to say, what things are important to me and what isn't? Yeah. And therefore look at your finances and you have a different demand on your finances then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there, what you could really do for yourself now is over the next two weeks or even next week, two weeks is a long time, over the next week, every time a thought comes into your mind of I miss this or you know what, I don't miss this, take your phone out, put it into notes and write down a list of things you miss and a list of things you don't miss. The important list there is the ones that you don't miss. Don't let them creep back into your life. And I'm talking to everybody here. Don't let the stuff that you don't miss creep back into your life and suck money out of your pocket. I have all for paying for things that give you physical, emotional joy, whatever it is, that's important. And it's important. We all work hard for our money and it's important that we use our money to, to make us happy. And therefore, don't let that stuff disappear. But I do believe we have a war against marketing departments and marketing yes. departments' job is to take money out of our pockets. And most of the time, we do it subconsciously. We don't even realize we're doing it. Start to be conscious about the way you spend money and you'll find you have got more money to spend on the things you really want and the things that give you joy. And that's the most important thing we can learn about our long-term finances in this next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think, I mean, there's there's like anxiety around the future of like disposable income that maybe you'd be used to having. But then there's, I think, would you would it be fair to say, I mean, a big driver of anxiety, of financial anxiety is debt. And you talk in your book about happy debt versus crappy debt. And I, I, I'm very, I feel very privileged in that at the moment, the only real debt hanging over me is my mortgage, which I'm, you know, able to pay because my husband's job is safe for now. But even, you know, I, I think that the debt, people think of getting into, especially in Ireland, we, we've, I think we've been beaten thinking that any kind of debt is really bad and we, we have a negative association with it. But actually you think there's, there's debt that actually improves your life and is happy debt. And then that's the one not, not to get anxious about really. And then there's the, the crappy debt. So can you just tell me a little bit about the difference there? Yeah. So happy debt is for things that you buy. It's generally cheap. So it's the cheapest debt you'll get, like a mortgage. And it's really only a mortgage I'm talking about. And it buys things that go up in value, like houses. Houses might go down in the next six months or up. In the, who knows what's going to happen in the next six or 12 months. But in general, over a 20, 30 year period, a house will go up in value. So happy debt is stuff that you should be all right to take on, as provided you take on the mortgage and you you use it appropriately and you don't keep topping it up to go on holidays, happy debt is grand. And I don't have a major issue with it. And sometimes people will come to me and say, I have a lump sum here and I'm thinking about paying it off the mortgage. What do you think, Owen? Or I pay an extra hundred euros a month off the mortgage. What do you think, Owen? I think that's, in general, for most people, that's actually not a great idea. Yes, you are saving some money in terms of the long-term interest, but let's take the regular savings thing, like the, the regular top-up, I pay an extra 100 quid a month off the mortgage. I'd be much happier for you to continue to pay the mortgage as it is, reducing the mortgage balance as you go, okay, as, in, as, as was originally expected of you. And taking the 100 quid and put it into a savings policy and a long-term savings policy, not a bank account, a long-term savings policy, and let that build up. 
And what will happen is, is at some point, the savings will reach the point, will grow to the level that the mortgage loan amount has come down to. And now you'll have a lump of money in your savings and you can make a decision at that point. Do I want to use this savings to clear off the loan in one go? You'll still save a bucket of interest. You'll still pay back the mortgage earlier. But what you'll have done there is, is you'll have left yourself with a whole pile of options in terms of you might want to buy a boat with it at that stage. With lots of clients who get to that point, it might be like there might be 20 years in the mortgage, and let's just keep it really simple. In 10 years' time, the mortgage has come down and the savings have come up to the same level where at the same level. And we then turn to the client and say, Okay, you set up the savings to clear off the mortgage. Do you want to clear off the mortgage? Ah, the mortgage doesn't really bother me anymore. The savings could be used for so much more things. Most people don't exhaust all of the other options that are available to them with their savings, whether it's, and it's the same in the UK and Ireland, pensions other things. There's a much better things you can do with your money than paying off the cheapest loan you're ever going to have. So okay. don't be afraid of the mortgage. The other thing is, is some people would say, what happens if something goes wrong in the next 20 years? Banks are used to things going wrong. Banks will engage with you and they will allow you to, if, if something is seriously wrong financially, they will allow you to stop payments for a couple of months if you have to. They will work with you. The worst thing you can do when it comes to times of difficulty is to stick your head in the sand. You will find if you open up and you talk to your banks, if things go wrong, that they will absolutely open up and talk to you and they will work with you because they don't want is you sticking your head in the sand. And therefore, if they say any signs that you're not doing that, you're engaging with them, they will encourage it. Mm. Now, I say all of that about happy debt. When it comes to crappy debt, it's just crappy debt. It's, it's expensive. It's usually bought, used to buy things that either are going to go down in value like cars or you consume immediately like a holiday or a pair of jeans that you put on the credit card. Yeah. The general rule of thumb is the easier it is to get the loan, the more expensive it's, it's going to cost you, the more interest it's going to cost. So a credit card is easier to get than a personal loan. So therefore, a credit card, you would, by rule of thumb, you'd expect that the credit card is more expensive. And what I would say is, is these suck the life out of you. They suck the financial life out of you. What you don't realize is, in very simple terms, if you have a thousand euros on a credit card and you just left it there for a year, it's probably going to cost you around 200 quid in interest. You could have spent that 200 euros on something you actually enjoyed. Nobody enjoys paying credit card interest. So yeah. what I would say is, is you do need to tackle the crappy debt. You need to get away where you start. And people often say, oh, what's the point? Now, I'm, I'm, it kind of sounds contradictory, but we're talking about crappy debt. If you have an extra 100 quid a month here, that's where it goes. You get rid of that stuff and you try and clear it off because most of the time the interest rates are 6 and 8 and 10 and 23%. Mm. The one that people get caught out an awful lot on, Caroline, is, and it's, again, rates are similar in Ireland and the UK, you know when you're shopping online and these, these things used to be catalogues and they used to arrive out to your doorstep, you'd flick through the catalogue and ring them and they would uh, post out whatever clothes item you, put, you bought off them. They've now all gone online. The interest rates on them, it's not unusual to hit 40, 45% interest. Wow. Like leave a thousand euro on that in simple interest terms, leave a thousand euros on that for a year and it's costing you 400, 450 quid for the year. Like it's just it, the, the cost of these things are incredible. So you need to get that out of your life because it's like a treadmill, but it's like a treadmill that you'll go along with a grand for a while. Then you might hit a bump and you whack an extra few quid on the credit card or you hit a bump and you don't pay off last month's credit card bill. And the treadmill starts going up and there's a bit of an incline and it's getting faster and it's getting harder and very quickly you can get caught up on it. So yeah. crappy desk to me is the, uh, is the absolute no go. You get, if you have it, you get rid of it. If you don't have it well done, I speak to, um, 16 year olds in schools that give a program to 16 year olds in schools and we talk about happy debt and crappy debt and one of the things i say to them is one of the rules i'll give them is never spend more than you earn okay. and they they'll turn around and they'll kind of ah come on sir they'll call you sir because they think you're a teacher for that few minutes but <laughs> they, 
they'd say, come on, sir, how can you spend more money than you earn? And I guarantee if I went back to those 16-year-olds in 10 years' time when they're 26, about 80% of them will have credit cards, car loans, personal loans. They're all spending more than they earn. But at 16 years of age, none of us understand how we could possibly spend more than we earn. And then we get out, we get a job, and all of a sudden, the banks and everybody else starts marketing to us and the marketing departments win and they take money out of our pocket. And it's a really important lesson for us to learn. The naivety of being 16 is actually genius. And it sounds stupid to us that we would spend more than we would earn. But it's the simplest rule of creating long-term wealth. Spend less than you earn. Yeah, I think as, as not great as I am with, with money in terms of like saving and, and planning for the future, I, I do think I'm quite good at not spending money that I don't have. And I would be terrified to take out loans for those very high interest rates, you know, the crappy kind of stuff. I really, I, I definitely have been brought up that way, which I'm t- so grateful for. Um, But I know you're under time pressure and I want to start talking about just where to begin with the very practical advice. So first of all, you you have referenced there and referencing like my kind of feeling of, of of financial work being kind of intimidating and I just I do clam up about it so it's about finding a resource such as your book that takes some of the fear out of it and explains things in a language that isn't just more overwhelmed to you and then second of all if if someone is waking up right now and maybe I mean I think anxiety is, is more of an issue now because of the pandemic than it has been P- people are probably experiencing it a lot for the first time and it's entirely new feeling for them and I've been talking about it so much across my social media and the podcast but if someone is waking up now in the middle of the night in a cold sweat thinking oh my god I don't know what's happening financially c- could you could you share a sort of a where to start and what what to kind of tick off your or what kind of list to make to make you feel even in one day a little bit more in control to, to take down some of that anxiety two most powerful things there caroline are a pen and paper and what you need to do what you need to do is is actually identify how big the problem is and if you have a problem at all and you need to take out your pen and paper and it's something i would suggest everybody does at least once a year and that is write down everything you own everything you owe everything you earn and everything you spend do it into four corners to four break the page into four and write them all down and what you'll really find is that when you do that for the very first time, you look down at it and you have a really clear picture of exactly where you stand financially. We use it as a, a kind of a temperature check, as a thermometer of someone's financial wealth, because we can look at it today and we'll then look at it again in a year's time. And people can be on really high salaries, but spending loads of money and the balance sheet mightn't change. That's what's called a balance sheet. Own, owe, owe, own, owe, earn and spend. That's your balance sheet. And you're ba- you can make loads of money but spend loads and your balance sheet won't change on a year-to-year basis. And you're not actually getting anywhere financially. But if you're waking up at half three in the morning and you're worried about where you are financially or what's happening financially, when you get that clarity down on a piece of paper, you will actually, again, it's about control. It's about empowering yourself. You will actually feel that this is something that you're now taking to task and you're taking control of. If you're really struggling about worrying about the loans that you have to pay or those type of things, pick up the phone to the people you owe money to. It could be family. It could be banks. Don't go borrowing money, particularly at this time. Don't go borrowing money to cover off loan repayments. This is something you come to came to me on Instagram and asked me that. Don't do that. The reality is, is that if your people are worried about what their credit rating is going to look like in a couple of years time, if you were perfect up to COVID, had a problem during COVID and were perfect after COVID, the banks are going to accept that that's a normal thing. Everybody had a difficult time right now. 
but identify what the problem is and take action to try and clear up some of the problems or the biggest concerns that you have. Talk to your banks, talk to your, the people you owe money to. Look at what you have to pay out. Like the essentials are the most important thing. You need food, you need light and heat. And even the light and heat companies are willing to engage with you at the moment if you're suffering. So everybody is in the same boat. So you're in a much better position here to be able to actually tackle this and to tackle it as a community and even with government support to help you out at the moment in terms of they're putting pressures on the banks in, in both the UK and Ireland to really work with people at this time. So the problem is only as big as it feels at half three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And when you wake up, the, if you get back to sleep and you get up the next morning and you start to tackle it, you're actually taking taking it into your own control. And that's the most empowering thing you can do. And it'll give you better sleep tonight if you've done something about it. The worst thing you can do is just put it away, not do anything about it, go yeah. to bed tonight, expect it all to go away, and then wake up again at half three tomorrow morning with the same problem. And of course, that's exactly when it'll pop up because your defenses are down, you're tired, you can't rationalize with yourself. This is the same with any kind of anxiety or worry, you know, about anything is really a willingness to confront it head on and stare down the barrel of your fear. And right now that might be financial fear. And and really the fear of it is probably bigger than the reality or your ability to cope is far greater than the fear of it. Like, do you think with finances, you know, is it is it smart? And I would I would always advise this with anxiety to people try so hard to never think about the worst case scenario or to run away from any negative thoughts. And sometimes I find it far more empowering to think, okay, well, what if it all goes tits up? Um, will you be able to handle that? Like, do you think that's wise with financial anxiety to think, okay, well, let's just say right right now, for example, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I'm fine because my husband's job is okay. What if that should I? You know, would it be a good exercise? To think, well, what if what if that wasn't so secure? You know, and to kind of confront the possibility and put in place a plan that shows you that maybe you will be able to cope or or makes you think of ways that you might be able to ask for help elsewhere. Do you think that's wise? It, I do think it's wise, provided you have the ability and people know their emotional, their own mental health themselves. But provided you have yourself the ability to pull yourself back from it, it's a great thing to do. Because one of the problems you have is, is that if you, you should do if you're if you're worried about your own ability to do that, do that process with somebody else. Because yeah. they will pull you back. Because you could say, what if my husband loses a job and then I never work again and then yes. this happens and this happens and this happens and you can let yourself run away with it. So it's a much better exercise to do with other people, with somebody else, whether it's, it's your husband or your partner or whatever it is. If you're worried about where you might go with it, then use somebody else. It okay. does help a huge amount. Like if I think about it with my private clients, one of the things we will often do, like our whole financial planning for us is around the idea of financial independence. And what financial independence is the day in your life where you've created enough wealth that you don't have to work again and you don't have to worry about money. Now, when we can tell a client you've reached it, all of a sudden they're going to work because they want to and not because they have to. You have no idea the difference that that gives them. And it's the same when it comes to -to day-to-day finances. If you can imagine the worst case scenario and keep yourself reasonable doing that, and worst case scenario doesn't look all that bad, and you think you would still be able to cope with it. Like none of us believed that we could spend this long in our houses. None of us would. We would have all said there is no chance. And we're doing it. Like this could have been, if you were, if I was sitting down and doing this podcast with you last December, and I said, okay, what I, I want you to plan the worst case scenario, Caroline. I want you to imagine that you're going to be stuck in the house for six weeks or eight weeks or whatever. You wouldn't have been able to imagine it. But you know what? We're all getting through and we're all getting through it together. 
Yeah. And therefore, imagining the worst case scenario isn't a bad idea at all. It's something that can really help with you. But I would just stress, don't do it by yourself if you're yeah. worried about where you're going. Yeah, so you want to do it in a controlled way that you're still in the driving seat and your thoughts aren't going to run away and you want to unravel to a point of, of panic because then that's, you know, th- then you're in very catastrophic thinking territory, which is going to, you know, increase the anxiety and isn't helpful at all. Um, um, before I let you go, the book is available now. Is it available online everywhere? Yeah, it's available online everywhere. It's also on Kindle um, and it's all the usual bookshops have it. It's been going very well, despite everything that's going. And it, look, just very quickly to give people an idea, an idea, there's four sections in it. The first section is all about getting on top of your day-to-day finances. That'll probably be very relevant to people who are struggling a little bit at the moment. They'll really get some good tips in there. Then we move on to happy and crappy debt. Then we look at making your money work a little bit harder for you. And this works whether it's 100 euros a month or you've got... 15 million to invest. The rules are still the same. And we'll talk a little bit about pensions and a few other bits and pieces. And then we talk about protecting it all. What happens if something goes wrong, like somebody dies or somebody gets sick? You know what? It doesn't feel like uh, an exam preparation book. There's a lot of personal stories mixed in there. And therefore, I hope I'm getting the message across in such a way that people can actually relate to it. The feedback I've been getting online has been superb. And Therefore, I think I hit the right nail on the head. But let's see. And yeah. maybe if, if your listeners do buy the book, they might let you and I know what they thought of us. But look, I do think it's a good time to be reading it. We all have a little bit more time. We have less commuting to do. We all have a little bit more time. And maybe now is a good time to pick up a book like this and start improving your long-term financial future by looking after today's financial future. Absolutely. Owen McGee, thank you so, so much. I feel like I've learned an awful lot, even about my own personal situation. And I'm going to sit down and write out my four columns now and know that at least I can be very proactive when it comes to any financial anxiety I'm feeling. You know, just, just to take action and to sit down with a pen and paper is almost half the battle. So um, I hope that listeners have gotten something from this and feel a little bit more empowered during this very uh, unnerving time. And I wish you the absolute best of luck with the book going forward. Thanks, Caroline. Thank you so much. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
The easiest way to access Owning It Real Time is to head to the link in the episode description or episode details, whatever you call them, show notes. You will find the link in there at the top. You can sign up right away for Owning It Real Time and access the full library of 10 situation-specific audio guides that will help you own your anxiety even more than you've ever done before.